Welcome to the Orton Gillingham Podcast, a Brainspring production. Today, we'll hear from special guest Allison Peck, Chief Academic Officer at Nyhouse Education Center, about how advocating for her son led to a fulfilling career in education. Then, we'll introduce our very first student of the month. Keep listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hello. Hi, Katie. Hello. Katie is a little bit low-voiced today. I think... Everyone enjoys it more this way. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Katie's a little... And I just went <laughs> all over the microphone. I know, and, and no, sprayed. Nobody, uh, nobody come close to this yes, microphone. except for I'm sitting too close to you and you sprayed. Mm. But that's okay. What, I, I love you, you anyway. Do you want a hug? No. Oh, all right. So I'm staying... I'm keeping my distance from Katie because <laughs> she's a teensy bit under the weather. So her voice is a little octave lower than no- normally. But I kind of like it better. I know. It sounds nice. I think everybody does. <laughs> Just <Okay>. kidding. <laughs> all right. Well, today we're introducing something brand new called Voices of Dyslexia. We had a really great time several weeks ago at the International Dyslexia Association Conference. And um, at that conference, we conducted interviews with people um, that we thought would be really interesting to talk to and and share their stories. And so we are going to be introducing um, some of those segments over the next couple few weeks. Um, And the goal here is to uh, highlight these voices in the world of dyslexia that promote awareness and education. So we're starting out with the voices of the IDA. So we did have a lot of fun at that conference. We did. I, I had a blast. It was really fun. We were nonstop busy. Yes. Um, but a really good group of people and it, it was nice. It, it was, was fun. It was nice to be in a place where so many people were all committed to the same thing, like right. helping kids learn how to read. And not just kids, but everybody. Right. Um, it was really fun. We made a lot of new friends, met a lot of people, interviewed some people that... Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? I have to, <laughs> I have to just tell you this really quick. Okay. No, everybody listening, not you. You know it. Oh, I know it. Okay. At the conference, when you were like, we made new friends. Yes. I was like... Every time we would go by a booth and you'd meet someone, you were hugging them within like five <laughs> seconds. And I thought for sure, for sure you knew all these people. No. And no, strangers. I don't I know. I was like, I've never met somebody who can make a friend <laughs> that quickly and then just h- start hugging you them. You know what? I'm Italian. What are you going to do? I, I, I mean, I loved it. <laughs> Oh, you're you gonna like. Do? I think at one point you said, "I'm not very outgoing," and I'm like, what, what, "Are you? What, who are you talking about?" <laughs> I don't I'm have like very you good. Hugged a stranger. <laughs> I, know. I don't have good self awareness. I don't was, know who I. I know am. it was awesome. <laughs> it was so much fun because you know. I, but it was so funny. It was so. I don't know why that was the case, but it just felt like we made friends. Yeah. No, we did. Yeah, I loved it because you were working with us. <laughs> <laughs> Just anyway, in the friends. it was good. It was it was good to <clears throat> to talk to people and um, interview people that we weren't planning on even interviewing. People right. that we just met that came along and and um, and agreed to talk to us. And so over the next few weeks or a few podcasts, I should say, um, we're going to be meeting those people, which is going to mm-hmm. be fun to revisit those. Um, so um, one of the people that we interviewed was. Um, Allison Peck, and so mm-hmm. that was Katie who did that interview. Yeah, I I interviewed her. She was wonderful, um, and she has a really interesting background, um, and had 
some really interesting things that I hadn't heard before, like just um, in her situation. Um, so actually, when I started the interview, I had her uh, introduce herself. So, mm-hmm. and she, she just took off. Like, yeah. she was great. I'm like... Perfect. I, she was great. Made your job easy. Uh, and this totally. kind of... This kind of um, kind of is a great follow-up to our last podcast that talked about advocating mm-hmm. for your children, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's like a kind of, that was kind of a segue into this really nice yeah. interview. So. Yeah, because you'll find out that she she was a huge advocate Very for cool. uh, her son. Yes, so. I'm excited to hear it. I have not heard this interview. No, Esther so. has not heard this. Uh, so real-time reaction. It is real-time. Boom, boom, boom. I'm excited. All right. So uh, yeah, let's um, let's start the interview, and she'll introduce herself in the beginning. Perfect. So um, first, I was going to ask you to introduce yourself. Uh, sure, mm-hmm. I am Allison Peck from the lovely area of Houston, Texas. I'm nice. a Texas girl, born and bred, um, and currently work for Nye House Education Center as their chief academic officer. We are a nonprofit, and we work with teachers. Um, certify them to become therapists. We have a wonderful family support office. We also do adult literacy mm-hmm. for those that don't get great first instruction to come right. to us for as adults. Um, so yeah, and I've been there for seven years. Prior to that, I was in the classroom, special education, gen ed, case manager, all of the things in middle school and, and then ended my classroom career in elementary school as a reading specialist. You've been all over the board. Yes. You've wore many, many hats. So with that said, I think that happens a lot with us. Like I started out as a special education teacher, you know, and then you move to more of um, the advocacy side sometimes or supporting students in a different way. Um, So I was just kind of going with the theme of this conference and – why, like everybody reading, um, how do you contribute to the overall theme of that, of our theme of until everyone can read? Wow, great question. Um, I came at this work as an advocate, but as a mom, I did not, and this is always kind of hard to say and people wince, but I never wanted to be in the field of education. Oh, really? Not at all. That does not make me wince. That actually makes me very intrigued to ask you why. Okay. <laughs> um, I was just on a different sort of path. I have a, my first master's degree is in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had planned to um, just go on and, and be in academia and be in history. And, and that's what I wanted to do. And our first child, um, when he was making the transition from pre-K to kindergarten, we had a wonderful pre-K teacher. She was a retired first grade teacher, so mm-hmm. she knew what, what was in store. Um, and she said, wow, there's just something not right with your kiddo. And I was like, none of that makes sense to me. Right. You know, I, I didn't under, really understand the developmental markers that Wait, he was missing. Will you pause or... this for a second? Um, because... She's about to say something that I think we talked about in a different conversation, mm-hmm. um, not even on the podcast. You mm-hmm. and I had been mm-hmm. talking about it. And she makes an interesting comment coming up um, that I wanted to – it kind of goes with the advocacy piece, mm-hmm. but it's it's an interesting comment. I want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. I didn't under, really understand the developmental markers that he was missing or, or, you know, I was like, tell me more. And so she set me down – 
And she said, I mean, you're sitting at one of those tiny, tiny tables. And she said, let me give you an example. I said, bring it. So she said, every week they introduce a letter, right? The letter O. It's an octopus. We eat orange foods. We, you know, all the O things. And mm -hmm. most of the kids are able to grasp what that letter name is. They hold on to it. They know it. Um, and then what they do is all the letters have been introduced. The kiddos would sit in a circle, almost like musical chairs, and they would pass these letter tiles around of the letters that had been introduced in the classroom. She looked at me and she said, very dramatically, he's never gotten one right. And she said it doesn't make sense because his verbal is is really pretty good. Right. He can communicate. Um, and so she just said, I, there's something up there. Right. Um, and, and thinking back, it was a very brave thing for her to do because mm -hmm. I think she could have, if she would have never said anything, we would have just gone on to kinder and first and kind of right. just been and in the And saying system. that without knowing what it is, that's a brave thing to do. Just to say, I do think there's something here. I'm not sure what it is, though. Let's stop that for a sec. Yeah, so I think that was that is super important because the teacher um, stepped out mm -hmm. and and had to say something to the parent that was not very comfortable and mm -hmm. and something that you know um, some parents might not appreciate hearing mm -hmm. you know but but that was awesome that she did that because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm imagining that it changed the course of oh of his. yeah and I thought and, it was so interesting because when we talk about being advocates too. Yeah. Um, we've talked about, uh, I don't know, it takes a village. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. And teachers are advocates for their students. Oh my gosh, too. Yes. And even though that was probably not like protocol, yeah. what yes. she was supposed to do. Yes. She has enough experience to know. Right. And I, I think that was worth explaining because if somebody doesn't understand right. kind of, you know, how things work with yes. getting tested and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was a super brave thing. It do. really was because, yeah, we we tend to not want to just tell parents there's something wrong, you know. Right. Um, but but on the other hand, they need to know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that struck me about that little piece there was talking about going around the room and he never got one right, and mm -hmm. it just reminded me of when when my daughter was little. They used to have these things in kindergarten called happy squares, oh. and Every day there were there were ten of them. So happy a sheet of happy squares would last two weeks. One happy square per day, and um, at the end of the day, if you were really a good little kid, you would color your happy square. Mm, mm -hmm. And Mamie never got to color a happy oh. squares. Never. She maybe would have two happy squares colored out of the ten. Poor Mamie. I know because she was so ADHD yeah. and just so you know. And couldn't pay attention, and she was only five, you know. Yeah. And and when my other daughter Lydia came home in ki from kindergarten, Mamie's four and a half years older than Lydia, so Lydia came home one day with happy squares. All of her <laughs> happy squares were colored in because that's who Lydia is. All of them were. And right. Mamie made the comment, "Wow, you colored. You got to color in all of your happy squares. Aww. Like that was like super. It made me super sad. Yeah." Super sad, you yeah. know? So I don't know why when she mentioned the, the kids going around the circle and he never got one right, I just immediately thought of that poor little kid. She never got to color in her no faces. No. And I, and, but then I thought of Allison's little kid who never got it right. And that's like something that is 
We should make a happy face chart for Mamie. <laughs> She's about yes. to have a baby. She is. Yeah. And we can make a happy face chart for every day. Oh, she, I, okay, let's do it. She has a baby. <laughs> you did a great job. I love it. Yes. 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 But anyway, thanks for it. That was a good, that just popped in my head. But yeah. but yeah, bottom line, that was super brave. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Again, we were living in uh, in Houston, and they said she just mentioned Nye House Education Center. She said, you know, hey, I've, you know, just call them, mm-hmm. see what they have to offer. I called. They have um, free information sessions, which we still do in English and in Spanish, mm-hmm. um, a couple times a month for anyone that's interested to learn more about dyslexia. So I attended one of those, and as they're walking through the markers, those indicators, I'm thinking, wow, that's my kid. Mm-hmm. So I go home, and I have a conversation with my husband, and he says, yeah, I'm dyslexic. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I, I think it's crazy that her husband had dyslexia. She goes into more detail yeah. about this, and he never said He never said word. anything, yeah. they have been married 30 years. I wonder if it's because out of embarrassment. Well, you'll you'll hear it. Okay. But he, interesting. It, it is interesting mm-hmm. that you he would have never shared that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never heard the word before. Like all of this was brand new information to me. Yeah. And so looking back, we went to the same college. He was a basketball player. I was a volleyball player. Mm-hmm. And he would go to a student support center, which is, you know, kind of a testing center. And this was back in the 80s before mm-hmm. anyone really knew what that was. And he would go there for um, for tests, things like that. I thought it's just because he was an athlete. Like, I never put two and two together. And he never said anything. He never, like, you Never know, was, an inkling, nothing. No, he never opened up, like, this is what is happening. This is what I'm doing. Was there a reason he didn't share that? Or was it just he never thought it was important? I don't think he thought it was important. Oh, okay. Like That's he interesting. This is my way in the world and yeah. it's just how I do things and yeah. not really didn't need to talk about it. Which is a good attitude to have yeah. about it. But yeah, that's interesting. He never said anything. Um and I and and then me being more of a like a writer researcher, I loved all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I helped him write many papers because I loved it. And he right. would just be like, Wow, this is great. I have He's this like, girlfriend that <laughs> likes to help me with my homework. Fantastic. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so when all this came out, we had been married, you know, almost nine, ten years at the time. And I was like, Hold on, hold on. I remember the help I gave you in college. Did you actually like marry me because you love me? Or did you marry me because I helped you get through college? And he was like, No, no, no. So no, he was like, Well, let me think about that for a second. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, but we've been together 30 years, so it worked out okay. Yes. Congratulations. Um, thanks, thanks. <laughs> but, it, I mean, the funny thing is, I just, I had to know more information. I was like, none of this makes sense. Um, we went and had some testing done, and, and they said, yes, your child's dyslexic. And I called my mother-in-law, right? I said, i got to get to the heart of the matter. Let me go to the mama of, you know, my husband and, mm-hmm. and get the family history. Well, I had married into a family full of dyslexic people and they were all from England um so they you know I heard many stories about uncles and such that had not been able to go to university because they were deemed you know not smart enough when mm. actually they were brilliant and right um and and just took other career paths to work around that but I was just like I have to know more information mm-hmm. and then again through Nye House they have a the certification pathways for people to come therapists and they said yeah your kid is going to need to work with a therapist and I said oh you great how do I find one of those can we stop for a second Mike that's a really good uh, so you know if you have dyslexia share it mm-hmm. 
especially if you're a parent. <laughs> right, because, <laughs> because it runs in the family. It runs in the family. And wouldn't that have been great for her to have that understanding a lot sooner? And you know? he probably didn't and know. Didn't know, didn't exactly. Didn't know that it was something. Right. Didn't make that connection. Exactly. But it, it and, and we know so much more about dyslexia now than we did that, mm-hmm. that long ago. Then we know that it is, it is familial. It does run in the family. And right. That's a super important thing to well, share with your... Speaking of family, though, wait until you hear this next part. Okay, go I for was, it. I was kind of like, I think I was more shocked. She was like, oh, it's no big deal. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, go for it. Well, it's not like there's one on every corner. Mm. They're hard to find. And there weren't even in the city of Houston, there weren't that many. And so I was like, well, I, I don't know what to do. And, and my mother-in-law said, well, you do it. Yeah. I, you know, I was teaching, you know, I was an adjunct professor at the time. She's like, you go take these classes. I was like, mm, I don't really think this is for me. I can't see me, you know, ever wanting to work with kids. She's like, even if you just do it for, you know, your son, my grandson, go do that. Because with my own, my husband, her own child, she said he just got more. He got more Kumon. He got mm-hmm. more of everything, but never truly an intervention program to feel oh. like he was, could get better at reading. Yeah. So I was like, well, you know, maybe in a year or two. I just kind of tried to push her off. It's your mother-in-law, right? Mm-hmm. I get this wonderful phone call from Nyhouse Education Center the next day saying, oh, we see that you've enrolled in our class. This <gasps> our your week. mother-in-law enrolled you? She paid. Whoa, yeah. that is a bold move. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say the same exact thing. That was me talking in the video. That yeah. is a bold move. A bold, but I she's my hero, man. I- I want to. I want to be in I charge like, like that. Wow! <laughs> I kept bringing it back up because that's to cool. me that was like, what? Yeah, she did what? Yeah, but that's, that's a big commitment. That sure is. And she was like, here, I was a commitment for five years. <laughs> All right. Go, Mama. You must be very close to your mother-in-law. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's passed away, but she had... I'm sorry. She was the biggest indicator of, like, this is what you need to do. This yeah. is the right thing. So, again, it was like, well, let me just dip my toe in and work with my own child. But he was, you know, being um, having those indicators so early on the on kind of the spectrum of dyslexia, he was a bit more severe mm-hmm. um, to, to pick all of that up. And then, but I was using this program that was so structured and I started seeing results in him. Mm-hmm. His anxiety was lessening. He was becoming happier as a school child, you know, and just, just being a normal kid. And I thought, okay, if I can do this with my own child, I want to kind of take this on the road. I did to get my clinical teaching hours. I worked with lots of other families, and I just saw that the impact this had on on mm-hmm. the family unit. Yeah, because it's not just the child that's diagnosed; it's the entire family that has to go through. It's, um, I call dyslexia the disability of privilege, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, they're having to pay and transport this child and all the other tutoring. Right. I mean, the whole family revolves around that child when they're getting intervention. That that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's that's something that, you know, a lot of times we see that. Who gets to go to tutoring and who mm-hmm. gets to get help? It's the kids who can afford it, you know? Right, and, 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 and then that becomes unfair in a way, so, well, which is why yeah. we do what we do. Yes, yes. So that we can train teachers so all the kids are get it in the classroom. classroom. Yeah, and, and talking about advocacy just struck me too. So not only did the mother advocate, the grandmother advocated, you oh know, in a big way. Yeah. So, so, you know, you have a say, you know, you have a, a voice when mm-hmm. it comes to noticing um, anything that looks off with even your grandkids. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you, I plan on you, doing you, that. You just stood up a little <laughs> bit taller. I did because I'm, I'm a grandma now. So, 
And I like that. Anyway, awesome. It's a really hard thing to see. But parents were so grateful because they knew their their kiddo was getting what they needed. Right. If not in school, then privately. And so um, I did alternative certification to go into the classroom. And then that's how that started my teaching career. And I went got a master's in curriculum and instruction because mm-hmm. I was like, I want to know more. Like, how do I, you know, build out all of these great lessons, that sort of thing. Um, and then I ended up getting my PhD in literacy because I just, I'm not satisfied with not only how you learn to read is fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the whole process of it, but what happens when kids don't? What is the next step? Do right. we have all the other information? What else can I add to the body of research um, that would make this okay, that right. will make it doable in the classroom for any teacher? Because mm-hmm. I just had all of this knowledge before I went into the classroom because I had become a therapist first, so I kind of did things backwards. Um, but I just remember all the teachers around me just like, wait, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, tell me more. And so just me doing little things to improve what resource teachers were doing and giving them hope and enjoying what they're doing Mm -hmm. was so, um, impactful to me and I enjoyed it. So when I had the ability to go back to my house and then start working with teachers from that level, it was just such a wonderful fit because I felt like, yeah, I'd done all the things in the classroom, but now I can really talk to teachers of, these are some things that I've done. These that were great. These were not so great, you mm-hmm. know, learn and, and move forward and, and, and do better, you know. Yeah. And I love that. I, I'm going back to the story about your mother-in-law mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm thinking now, did she, do you think she saw something in you that she was like, she, she needs to do this because I know she can take off with this and make a difference. Um, do you think she saw something in you? Absolutely. She was always a believer in people. Yeah. Um, she's a cheerleader. In you, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I think in me and our kids and, you know, my husband, um, she was just, she pushed people. She mm-hmm. wanted the best for them. She wanted mm-hmm. them to, to go to the unexplored. Mm-hmm. And she knew that, you know, that I could do more. And if mm-hmm. I could help even my own child, then it was worth the, the effort and the time yeah. and all of that stuff to put into it. But she was just so proud once I was like, yeah, I'm going to go help lots of kids. Right. I, I need to get into the public school system. She just thought that was the bee's knees. Oh. I mean, she was just. It sounds like she wanted you to do. She had a plan in mind. She thought you were the right person for this. That's great. That's great. Luckily, she did, too. And she said that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Yeah, she was a force. Um, is there anything else that you wanted us to know or that you want us to take away from this? Yeah. I mean, I think just to be part of this kind of revolution, this movement for the science of reading to educate all teachers with grace and pride, to empower them to do the right thing. I just think that's important. I think to bring honor back to the profession of teaching, Mm -hmm. um, that's the one thing we're missing is is giving teachers and empowering them with some of those tools and the knowledge to know what to do when students are struggling. Right. And I think it's the teachers that, that don't have those other resources or um, even, you know, the acceptance of the administrators over them to trust themselves to, right. you know, when your instinct is saying there's something going on with a kid, follow it. Mm-hmm. You know, progress monitor, see what else you can do. And when teachers don't have that, I think those are the ones that are walking away um, <clears throat> from the profession. So, it, you know, it's, it's, it seems like a daunting task when you're thinking about how do we train teachers? Mm-hmm. Let's look at pre-service programs. Are they doing what they should do? Should 
alternative certification programs? Are they doing what they should mm -hmm. um, to prepare teachers, not just to fill a classroom, not just fill a space, but do the work and do it well and be proud of what they're doing. Right, right. And giving them the tools <laughs> so that they feel confident being able to do that. Like you said, because if you're kind of lost about what to teach or how to approach something with a student, it's going to be very hard to continue is what, you know, yes. without those resources. Yeah. I totally agree. So that's a very good takeaway. Yeah. And then just yeah. update you on my child. Um, I've been in oh, this yes, industry we for 20 years now, and I judge it by his age. He's uh -oh. 25. So I started oh. this when he was five. Um, so he's 25. He um, was successful in college. He was a basketball player. He's 6'9", so he had some advantages. He had um, both tall parents, right? Because you yes. were a volleyball player. Yes, yes, yes. yes. My husband is 6'6", and then we have a daughter who's 5'11", and, and amazing in her own right. She just did not have to do this this journey of dyslexia. Mm -hmm. But um, he was able to play basketball in college, so he did have the extra supports. Again, he had he was lucky. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he had me to advocate for him. He knew how to navigate the student center to ask his professors for what he needed because he could practice that with me and then mm -hmm. empower you know, him to go out and, and do the things. Um, but he was able to get a master's degree. Good for him. During the time of COVID is when he graduated in 2020, and he was kind of like, what do I do? And so he was able to play basketball for an additional year and, and get a master's degree, which is, had it not been for COVID, I don't think that would have been his choice because he doesn't love school. Right. Um, <laughs> but he's very proud of him, himself and his, his ability to do all the things. Does he talk about dyslexia very much? No. We had a conversation um, a couple of weeks ago. And I was saying, here's the here's like the the two sided coin of this is I got a wonderful career that I love and that I felt successful in, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but to get there, he had to go through a struggle of dyslexia. Right. So I said, you know, now that you're out of school, do you feel like dyslexia, you know, was an okay thing for you? And he was like, mm -mm, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Really? Yeah. I mean, still yeah. to make, yeah. to be, to get to the other end, right? That's what we push kids. Like once you get out of school, you're being graded on something that's the hardest thing that you have to do right. day in and day out. You know, life will be so much easier. He's like, no, mm -mm. it never, it, it will never be easy, easy. Right. Right. Yeah. It'll always be work. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like he, he doesn't uh, steer away from hard work. No. no. <laughs> so that's, that's important, but I'm glad that He's been so successful with it, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I do stay away from saying it's a superpower. That's not how he would label it. That's not how my husband would label it. So it's just something you have to navigate mm -hmm. and hopefully get good intervention. Um, and you have a supportive family unit to help you through mm -hmm. that journey. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's that's interesting perspective. Yeah. Because there is a, a big thing out there, you know, dyslexia is yes. my superpower. Right. And that's easy for people that don't have dyslexia to say right. and you have a superpower. Like, but No, this is not. I yeah. would want to teleport. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be my super. That's that's really superpower. great. That's great. Um, in, that's, a, that's a great insight for me to hear, mm -hmm. you know, because we just assume that we see how unique and how people who who learn differently have have different have different you know abilities and skills and that are amazing but and and that's what we see but inside of them it's there's a lot of i'm sure a lot of it's difficult oh yeah and they don't want to be seen as yeah that's not a that's not a positive thing for them right 
Um, so that's great insight. Yeah. Actually. And actually she, she said something else. I just, before I forget what she said, I, I, I mean, I'm thinking about how she, so she advocated for her child, her mother-in-law advocated for her child. And Allison also is advocating for teachers. Mm-hmm. She's saying she wants to bring the uh, honor of teaching back. That is something that has gotten lost along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, people are not seeing teachers the teaching profession as something that's super honorable all the time. Mm-hmm. And and it it totally is. I mean, oh, yes. it changes lives and um and it's time to it's time to make people aware of that, mm-hmm. you know. Um so that I I just wanted to remember that. Thank thank goodness we have people like Allison who and Allison's mother-in-law right who who um see see that, you know, the the opportunities and see how important and see the talent in people. Um, and, and, you know, that's, what's going to change. Yeah. And and it was a, it was a great interview. She was, um, and we were so grateful that she came and for someone who stated in the very beginning that she never wanted to be in education. Yeah. Uh, she's crushing it. Yeah. She's (laughs) crushing it. Good thing she did. Good thing she did. Um, all right, that was a great interview. Yeah, she was great. You did a good job too. Mm. Eh, you did. Nah. <laughs> you know, I get nervous. Yeah. Sweaty. Uh, Just kidding. But but Not I much. love how I, really there wasn't much that I mean, she just started talking. And that's because yeah. it's it's she, because she has a great story. It's passionate. She's yeah, passionate she's about very it. Very passionate. That was great. That was a great first interview. Um and set the bar high for the other ones that followed. So that's awesome. Oh. Yes, that's very good. Um, so um, before we go, um, we have asked the learning centers, the BrainSpring Learning Centers, um, to provide us with a student of the month. And so, Katie. Drum roll. Drum roll. Who is our October student of the month? Slut. Connor Neal is the October student of the month. Connor is a student at the Learning Center in Plymouth, Michigan, and he has successfully completed the Phonics First curriculum. And this is a huge accomplishment. Yes. So congratulations, Connor. You are our student of the month. You're the student of the month. Yes, you're the student of the month. Oh, yeah. We think you're awesome. You're the student of the month. Congratulations. Woo. <laughs> oh, whoa. Can we just give a shout out to Brendan? Yes, please. That's Brendan. Like that last little riff there. <laughs> Man. I mean, we have multi-talent going on here. Yeah. We have Brendan. I who- was digging it. That was fun. Wrote our little Rat Pack Student, student of the Month of song. The month. <laughs> Love Except it. I have to make a weird face when I do that. Voice. Yeah, you all didn't see that. It was no. entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, thank you for that interview, and thank you everybody for listening. This was yes. a this was and thanks again to Allison for yes. uh, sitting down with yeah. me and and chatting. Yes, it was wonderful. Yes. So until next time. So next time we'll hear another interview. Yep. I don't until know which one it's going to be, but it will be a good Surprise. one. Yes. Okay. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Orton Gillingham podcast, a Brainspring production. For additional content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media, or visit our website at brainspring.com. To submit questions or comments, 
please email us at podcast at brainspring.com. Your feedback is always welcome.